This edition of the Supercluster podcast is powered by Dropbox. Here at Supercluster headquarters in New York City, we use Dropbox paper every day to produce our editorial content and this very podcast. Hello there, space fans, and welcome to a very special episode of the Supercluster podcast. We are minutes from the entrance of Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, and we are at the home of Ryan Chalinski and Mary Liz Bender. Want to say hello, guys. Hey. hey, everybody. Now, before we even get into it, we've all been friends for many years now. You guys are doing this incredible project. Before we get into this podcast, tell us about what you're doing right now. Yeah, well, we're extremely passionate, just like you are, about getting people excited about what's happening here. So it's amazing to finally be based here. And now we get the opportunity to really try to transport people to these amazing events. And of course, we do that through the lens of art and beauty. We try to get people really captivated with these rocket launch experiences. Mm. Well said. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. And where do people <laughs> find your stuff? Cosmicperspective.com. Excellent. And on social media, it's mostly at Consider the Cosmos or Twitter, at Consider Cosmos. Great. Good. Also on the podcast today <laughs> is Joey Roulette, who we all know, mainstay in Orlando and at Cape Canaveral. Reporting for Reuters now. Yes. Yeah. He, formerly of Orlando Weekly and Orlando Sentinel. Yeah, here oh, and there. Not for space though. But right. Yeah. So Joey came down here. You live in Washington, D.C. now. Why'd you feel the need to come for this mission? I felt the need to come for this mission because of SpaceX's in-flight abort test. That's the, the main reason. Is it like the most... I feel like this mission was really mm-hmm. important, but... Outside of the group of us, there was only uh, 10 of more of our friends and maybe a couple more people yeah. that were at this mission, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I was. were you also surprised? Were you surprised to see press? like... It didn't feel as packed or as, yeah. as you know, energetic as, say, Falcon Heavy did, you right. know, where yeah. everything was crowded. You had PR we people were running fighting for space at the press site. Yeah, it just didn't feel as rushed or panicked yeah. Yeah. You know, in a yeah. good way as right. Falcon Heavy was, but, you right. know. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's the mission before the mission. Yes. Exactly. Right. I think it's the most important. I can't tell you how emotional I was the whole time. I know we all were. Mm-hmm. We were all so jazzed. And I just was really, really surprised when I saw that the, it was very sparse at the press site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot had to do with the fact that this mission was sort of planned for end of December mm-hmm. and then moved to January 11th mm-hmm. and then moved to a holiday weekend. Too hard to plan around. So yeah. I'm sure folks had planned to come for January 11th or something. And maybe they saw the original date being on the holiday mm-hmm. and decided, hey, we're not going to cover this in person. Totally. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Budgets. People have to do budget yeah. requests and like yeah. beg your editor for money or beg whoever you need to beg to get money to come down to cover rocket launches yeah. or even to get people to sponsor your content yeah. or anything like that. Just underscores how lucky we are. Right, to right. Be able to, to be get here to do yeah. in the thing. neighborhood. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of lucky, let's talk about how unlucky we got at oh. the moment of launch. So, Joey, <laughs> feel free to add in your reporting for Reuters, your wire service. T- talk us through the mission. Like, how did you report it? Well, yeah, so I didn't really, unfortunately, I didn't get to see everything happen, you know, as some other people did. I mean, I would have loved to be having to shoot this with a photographer, you know, with a camera, but I didn't get that um, luxury. But so, yeah, I I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was pushed back a few times, right? Like twice or once. Well, once, one day. Yeah. And then it got pushed two and a half hours the second day. Yeah. Let's go through, okay, I just mentioned that we got unlucky and Joey was like, yeah, I didn't get to see anything. Let's talk about why. I mean, yeah, so <laughs> it, it was still obviously exciting. I mean, it had been pushed back by like an hour and then another hour, yeah, it was like 30 minutes. Yeah, right. But then it, you know, finally started ticking closer and closer and, you know, we saw it, I saw it go up. It was I pretty, saw a launch. exciting to see. You're right. We saw we, the launch. It was yeah. a beautiful yeah. launch. Yeah, it's One, 39A. Yeah. That's where they launched uh, Apollo 11. Yes. Bunch of shuttle missions. Yeah. And now the test before the human the human launch, right. which the human launch will be at 39A also. And right. Falcon Heavy, which is just right. so special. Right. For all of us. Yeah, yeah. all of us. I, I feel like apart from like the coolness of the mission, a lot of people made their careers at that, that mission. That was my first a ever lot of people. Not looking at you, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, I feel like career sort of everybody moved up at the same time That's sort that. of thing. Everyone's lives sort of changed. Right well, it's after kind that. of like the space beat also kind of moved up, transformed too, that you know? day. Like yeah. it kind of got more on the map, right? When when Falcon, Falcon Heavy went off, too. Mm-hmm. you know, and it was why, one of those things. Why do you think that is? 
Yeah, that's it, all because it was so absurd. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> the Tesla, the yeah. general public right. was like, "What?" Yeah, right. right. The public response. Right, like, the yeah. amount of people that got excited began right. to follow, mm-hmm. and uh, positive just couldn't deny yeah. it anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. And so, in flight abort, we we talk about the awe of like a mission like Falcon Heavy that you could it could explode because Elon was talking at South by Southwest, which Ryan, you were there, and he spoke at other places saying, "Hey, Falcon Heavy might explode." So everyone was like, hey, let's go watch this thing explode. You know, it was an amazing mission. But let's talk about that that excitement mm-hmm. with in-flight abort. So in-flight abort, we didn't really talk it through yet. And if you follow Supercluster, then we've jammed this down your throats. <laughs> and all of us, Joy, you've done a reporting and you guys have done a bunch of posts mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. The in-flight abort test is basically they launched on an expendable Falcon 9, a Block 5 Falcon 9, no legs, no fins. They put a crew dragon on top of it. And they basically set Crew Dragon to abort when something is fishy with the Falcon 9, like anything. And they set Falcon 9 to shut down its engines at a moment when it wouldn't typically shut down. And that triggered an emergency signal to Dragon. And Dragon just blasts off away. It would usually carry astronauts Mm -hmm. to land in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And what we saw was described as picture perfect. Mm-hmm. Not we didn't see it with our eyes <laughs> because we were at the press site yeah. and we got Cloud City above us. Cloud City. So yeah. Tim Dodd, who was working with you guys yeah. on this, and you guys shot incredible footage. I heard Tim in the background. He was standing because <laughs> you guys were set up about 100 feet behind me. Mm-hmm. Joey was over in his office at the Reuters building. Yeah. And all I heard was, no. <laughs> and then I heard it again from like Chris and a couple other people. I'm sure the listeners are wondering where Chris G is. Yes. He's working somewhere else, like processing footage, which we all have to do. I heard him. I heard Tim. Yeah. And heard everyone screaming, and then I was like, yeah, we can't see anything. Yeah. Man, we really wanted to see that explosion. Every single photographer was set up with the most- The most advanced stuff. Beautiful telescope. Yeah. Yeah. Planned explosion. Right. What we were hoping for to be a sunny day, mm-hmm. so we all, you know, went the extra mile to, to prepare for that to mm-hmm. capture the visual. Spent a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of us spent a lot of money on there. Let's be real. People brought experimental cameras, mm-hmm. and we all tried new, different things, and a lot we didn't see anything. The people on the boat. So there's this group mm-hmm. called Starfleet Tours. They're a friend of Superclusters. They help distribute our launch viewing guides to their folks that take the boat ride. Now, Eric Kuna, our photographer, called me a couple days before this mission and was like, we should get on the boat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we God. should. But you know, with the timing, like we talked about the, for the two weeks delayed and all the delays, we could not get, we had two other folks that were supposed to join our team mm-hmm. to shoot this mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. And because of all the schedule changes and the travel, they were not able to come. So it was just me and Eric we had to do the best we could. I'm proud that he caught the second stage. Yeah, so here's what happened. The, great. Walk it through the Falcon 9 shutdown, Dragon aborted. We heard things oh, from we, where we were. We, we heard, heard explosions. We saw yeah. debris yeah. flying down, yeah. which is really cool. But Eric and I were about 150 feet apart. I was more by the clock and he was on the other side. And we did. we thought we captured nothing. And then last night we were looking through footage, processing stuff, and we spotted the second stage of the Falcon, still with the inner stage attached, billowing down through the clouds. And we it caught it. So beautiful. Yeah. And it came yeah. down so fast. Right. We heard a sonic boom <laughs> mm-hmm. from the reentry, right? For the second stage reentry. Yeah. A boom. Like it was a tiny boom, but we heard it. I caught that on my mic. Really? That was out in the field. That's yeah. amazing. I caught a couple different sonic booms mm. that were separated from one another so That's crazy. i need to review but so what do you think happened like with with crew dragon did it trigger itself like i know we were kind of talking about yeah, that earlier and, but and that was a yeah. point of confusion for a lot of people right and elon was, was this, yeah kind of giving an answer that he had to clarify and right there right. was some confusion at the press conference and tim dodd did a great job mm-hmm. just basically being like okay that question i didn't understand your answer please answer it again mm-hmm. which we all needed in the room mm-hmm. but basically they set falcon 9 to shut its engines off mm-hmm. that's it when you shut your engines off you lose your control mm-hmm. that is the situation that we're assimilating here mm-hmm. dragon is set to abort from the falcon's inner stage when it detects some kind of issue mm-hmm. And that could be any kind of issue. Yeah. Fal- uh, let's not, you know, stand on ceremony. SpaceX has lost two Falcon 9s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for different reasons. So they, this simulation, like they couldn't like 
damage a strut and then launch it or like do something crazy. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to simulate a failure is to lose control of the rocket. Mm turn the engines off so that's what triggered naturally yes crew dragons to abort you know, away to abort away mm-hmm. yeah as opposed to triggering triggering drag crew no. dragon to abort right because that's yeah. just uh i mean i don't see that as a test right you got to so, test the sensitivity well, exactly too, right? so that's what so yeah and i think that is from the answer that tim got mm-hmm. i think that was the best way to describe it yeah you it's like it. they okay. shut down the falcon mm-hmm. and and if you watch the video that spacex published it's like a pretty clear you know, mm-hmm. visual. As soon as the engines are going out and the flames are getting smaller, yeah. Dragon's already With, within seconds. It was a mile away, right? Right. right. Amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. Shot yeah. right away. Right. Yeah. And who asked about the fireball? Forgot. Someone at the press conference asked if the yeah. fireball would affect the dragon. Oh, right. And I remember Musk's response mm. saying that if there's a fireball before it, you know, before those milliseconds where it detaches mm-hmm. itself. It could technically shoot out of the fireball, yeah. like something out of Star, Star Wars. Wars. That's yeah. literally yeah. what Elon yeah. said. Yeah. Now let's remember <laughs> that Dragon is designed to hot for high velocity reentry, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a fireball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I see what he's saying there. So let's get to we, we had a successful mission, you know, for for what we can tell so far mm-hmm. um, from all the statements in the press post launch press conference. Let's talk about our questions at the press conference. Mm-hmm. And Joey's laughing because he's in trouble. Uh, Mary Liz. <laughs> you start with me? Let's I can start, explain myself. Yeah, he'll explain yeah, himself. We'll go to Mary Liz first. Mary Liz, you asked basically a really great reaction, emotional question, which is important for these things. And I think I wanted you to tell us about what your question was and how he responded. Yeah, well, that's typical for me. That's what I'm always trying to get. And that's at. what you guys do. You're doing yeah. this for the emotion. That's how people right. get attached. You, to this yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. We want to we want to bring the human side out. Right. So I'm always focused on that. So actually, my initial question that I wanted to ask was for Elon, and I had shared that with you at the at the conference mm-hmm. before it began. And I shared my question with you guys yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So got to do some market research on our questions. That's <laughs> hey, what you. Guys? Yeah. <laughs> but then they they talked about they did not want to answer the question that I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. That became very very clear. So when the mic came to me, I actually shifted. I was going to talk to Elon about the extra seats on the Dragon capsule. Right. Because I'm really intrigued and I know the public is really intrigued on the fact that there are 7 seats and only 4 of them that are going to be used by NASA. And we talked a little bit about how that's going to go towards potentially there's no contract and nothing that they wanted to say about it, but mm-hmm. potentially other space agencies, other countries might want to use it potentially for private citizen tourism, which is what I'm I think really that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe they didn't sure. want to talk about that at this particular. I don't think they yeah. were ready. And, you know, Boeing, the Starliner conference wasn't ready to talk about prices. Wait, either. Joey, did you ask that too? I, I asked about whether SpaceX has signed any private astronauts uh, and then also yeah. whether Bridenstine has locked So the person who asked so your like question is right here. Yeah, that's okay. right. So, yeah. so Joey, you're the one who asked the question. You asked my question. That was yeah. the second part of yeah. my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't want to talk okay. about yeah. it. So, yeah, Elon Musk is pretty much his only cagey response of the whole press conference was that response. Yeah. You know, he's like, we don't have any. Yeah, it was, you could hear okay. the people who told him to. Can I give so. my take on this as a Please. neutral party? Yes. Go ahead. As a neutral his- party. <laughs> <laughs> I think Elon's rep- response says something. Mm-hmm. I think he got like every other question. He was like enthusiastic yeah. and like, and, you know, talking about this stuff and he was willing to give info. But as soon as Joey asked about if other people purchased flights that were like private citizens, yeah. he like had to like get in business mode. Well, what do you think it said? I think he went into business mode. He's like, I have, he's working deals out with people and or he has yes, contracts signed. We also, people have forgotten about this. Some two folks, was it one or two folks, signed up to launch on Dragon already on Falcon Heavy. And people forgot. forgot. Yes. So we or you, Joey, (laughs) should follow up on that (laughs) on that deal. Three years ago? I don't remember. Somebody signed up with these just paying people. No, no. A supposed rich person, I think it was one or two people, or maybe one rich person, signed up to launch on Dragon around the moon. Mm. on Falcon Heavy and come back. 
Whoa. And did SpaceX announce this? Yes, it was public. Wow. Yes. And I remember this. What, wait, what year was it again? It was in... I want to say 20, three years. Is 2017. I think I remember something like that. Yeah. Wow. I'm Googling right and now. That just kind of got lost in history, right? Yes. Like, oh, buddy. Hey. Now this we have Meizawa. This is, right. yeah. Yusaku Meizawa, Dear Moon. You know, since we're all... Yeah, and you know, like, since we're all here, let's talk about... You asked... Okay, let's finish with your question okay, for Elon. Okay, How did sorry, you respond? I know, I get excited. I actually didn't ask Elon the question question because uh, Joey, Joey, Joey stole but you it. Had another, you had another question. So, though, right? so what I did was the second that everybody walked into the room, you could feel the excitement mm-hmm. just emanating from them. Right. And it was Mike, the astronaut, the commercial crew astronaut that will be on the DM2 right. mission, right? He was, he was beaming when he walked in the room, his vein, his like forehead vein was mm-hmm. popping out and he had the biggest smile on his face. And I just wanted to talk to him. Right. Like I just wanted to grab him and be like, they, Hey, they seem really hyped. Yeah. 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 So I ended up last minute changing my question and, and talking to the commercial crew astronauts, Mike and Victor. And I asked them, NASA didn't get my audio for the beginning of my questions. Mm-hmm. So you don't really hear it, but I just asked them something like you two were beaming when you walked in the room. Tell me, how did it feel to watch this launch? Did you watch it with your families? And what did you learn? I, I was wondering if they watched from mission control. And of course they did. Mm-hmm. And the response from both of them was really wonderful. You know, they were talking about having received text messages from their wives right. saying, Hey, it looks good from my end. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like, Oh my God, what what would it be like to be a family member watching such a theatrical performance like that? I mean, I was nervous. I mean, literally I was shaking and I had to get on my knees because I was so nervous because I was just trying to track with a telescopic camera lens. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine thinking about your husband being on in that capsule and then maybe being in a situation like this? So I was excited to hear from them and see how happy they were about the way that everything worked. That really mm-hmm. tells me that whatever happened in mission control, they were super stoked to see that everybody mm-hmm. had it under control and everything went as, as planned. So, yeah. yeah. And to my first question, yeah. which everybody really laughed at, and I got a lot of stuff on Twitter about, but... Um, we roasted Joey for like 48 yeah, hours. But so I, I, I asked whether Elon saw any recoverable uh, pieces of the Falcon 9 yeah. first stage or the mm-hmm. second stage. Which sounds very stupid after well, the not, fact because it literally blew up. Yeah, but, but we also did see the second stage come down. down yeah. and, someone and that's attacked. a fair question. Yeah. And and I especially thought it was a fair question because you had Benji Reed, the crew, yeah. uh, commercial crew, SpaceX right, right. manager, say that they intended to recover some parts of the first stage and second stage mm-hmm. after it splashes down or explodes or whatever. The intent of that might not be the normal recovery operations that SpaceX does, you know, mm-hmm. where they reuse it. But it was primarily They've done an some weird stuff in the past. And yeah. One time they sent a private military outfit to gun down, was it GovSat booster? One, the, <laughs> the mission, yeah, people don't remember this. There was a mission right before Falcon Heavy, GovSat. Yeah. And it was expendable. It was a NATO launch too. Was it? I mean, it, that satellite was being yeah. used for NATO, yeah. It was right before Falcon Heavy. No one was paying attention. I just happened to be in town. Chris and I were there and uh, they were just supposed to trash the booster. It landed on the water intact and just chilled there. <laughs> like we were awesome. astounded. And they sent who to do what? America down. Space at the time had reported that <laughs> they got the Air Force to go like shoot it and blow it up. America then, Space yeah, reports yeah, that the yeah, Army yeah, 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 goes yeah. with big guns. And then, uh, I think there was some conflicting reporting. I can't confirm <laughs> this right now. now that it was like a private outfit that I don't know who sent out there. <laughs> But they went out there and just like ramboed it. Like, oh do you think gosh. this is the new Space Force? Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that Space became Force Space Force, Force before yeah. Space Force. Yeah, <laughs> what I think you were trying to go into earlier was Starship. We might mm. want to talk about Starship a little Yusaku bit. Yusaku Maisawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one question that I asked Elon. After oh no! Don't go straight to that. First off, well, I was trying to run away from the embarrassment. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't think so. I think we, we roasted Joey for the question, but it was a fair question to see if they were cover any Falcon. Absolutely. Because the second stage did hit the water yeah. and it had its inner stage. And from what I understand, it was like still kind of 
mm-hmm. a rocket at that point. Yeah. Like, coming down. And the trunk too. Yeah. Was Perfectly the intact. trunk was intact. So mm-hmm. Joey wasn't ridiculous to ask of that question. Not. Also, just for the record, no question is a bad question. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Right. I disagree <laughs> with that, but I'm not going <laughs> to. No, I'm just kidding. Shut up. It's gone. We've, we've, it's gone off the rails in that press room before. Especially Elon in there. Oh yeah, it's I'm gone sure. out there. By the way, not only was Elon in there, but his kids were there, As and always. Kimball Musk. Kimball was there. Was yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. He, and he was in the room with us. Was he? Yeah, I did not realize he was it. In the back. Yeah. So Eric, I, yeah, I spec like I saw him tweet a picture from uh-huh. Florida. And I'm like, oh, how nope. funny would it be if he was no, in How the funny room? would it be? I didn't know he was. How actually. funny would it be if he was standing behind Joey, which he was, and nobody knew. <laughs> and nobody was he knew. wearing his cowboy hat? Yes, he yeah. was. I can't believe I didn't know. Yeah, yeah because I was so transfixed. It was a lot. Yeah, there was two just, real astronauts in the front, Elon yeah. and the head of NASA. I actually wow. yeah. thought that the kids. I didn't notice him either. I mm-hmm. found out later through pictures, but I thought the kids were the family of the astronauts, mm-hmm. and that was the reason for my question. So, no. well, your question was, was great. So, CRS eight first drone ship landing. His kids came in, and one of them stepped on my laptop. Oh. No, it was fine. I didn't break anything. But that's how I knew it was ki- his kids. I recognized him. Cool and I think I saw them at Boca Chica. They're, it's really cool that Elon just brings his kids yeah. to so these amazing space things, like uh, history in the making. Yeah. Like having the coolest father ever. Like, uh, hey, yeah. my dad has a space company. Yeah, bring your kids to work, eh? Well, yeah, cool. let me go Yeah, watch these <laughs> awesome <laughs> things and not go to school. school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the best excuse to skip school. Yeah. Shout out to John Krause. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in school anymore, but he used to have to skip school <laughs> to cover rocket launches. I used yeah. to have to skip class. Yeah, oh college. my God, Joey. <laughs> That's awesome. Since we have Joey here, your first mission was CRS-9, right? I think it was CRS-9. Yeah, because yeah. I remember him showing up at the press site, just lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just exploring. Yeah. You know? I was like, this yeah. is interesting. And nice, then uh, nice that at that time, SpaceX used to rent Exploration Tower for oh, missions. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Joey was there for what was going to be the second or third landing in history. Wow. One or one of those two. Sure, CRS yeah, nine yeah. was either the second or third. I remember Lauren was there. My roommate Liana, a Russian journalist, was there as well. Really crazy mission. But Joey, just a little backstory here. You took photos in the aftermath of the pulse shooting, right? Yes. It was like kind of your start in journalism. Mm-hmm. There was a recent anniversary for Joey and I. We worked the inauguration on mm-hmm. January twentieth. 2017 mm-hmm. and Joey got pepper sprayed at the inauguration. <gasps> oh you guys didn't God, know this? I yeah. Did not know I just it. told this story at Nerd Night Orlando. We, we right. You guys didn't know. make it right. Ryan had the flu. That yeah, was what me. four years ago yesterday? Or three. Three. Three years three ago. Years yesterday. Ago, yeah. yesterday. Three years ago yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So wow. just a little color there. I decided to leave the space beat because yeah. Amos 6 exploded mm-hmm. on uh, not on purpose mm-hmm. at Pad 40. And I just didn't know what to do with my career. I didn't have any launches to report on. Mm-hmm. So the New York Observer, who was owned by Kushner at the time, reassigned me to the White House. And mm-hmm. I moved to D.C. to start my coverage. Wow. Joey drove up in his car to cover the inauguration. We ended up meeting up wow. and covering it together. And all this chaos went down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, we're here. We're back. We're back. We're alive. You're back. <laughs> Election year is again a year away. Oh, buddy. So we won't we get into that. We should, we will do an episode about space policy. Yeah, why not? As soon as I don't fall asleep reading about it. Yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> you should get Casey Dreyer on. Yes, I will. Yeah. He makes it fun. Right. Casey Dreyer is a policy analyst for the Planetary Society. Yeah, I think right. he's now, his title is upgraded to chief of That's amazing. space yeah. policy or something like that. He's, Casey's one of the people who actually make it digestible yes. for the general public. And that's why he's a leader at the Planetary Society. He's wonderful. Which was founded by Carl Sagan and mm-hmm. CEOs Bill Nye. Mary Liz, you, you used to work there until you founded your own organization. I did. Which yes, is amazing. Yes. yes. That, and you worked Falcon Heavy yeah. For there. Yeah, Tell right. us about just I, my favorite story, Mary Liz's story, is the first Falcon Heavy. Just lay it out. All Tell right. everyone what you're doing. All right. So I had just decided that I wanted to work in the space industry. I'd been working at the Planetary Society for about one month, mm. I think. Right. And I heard that the Falcon Heavy launch was happening. I was in Florida. I was living out of my camper. I was just parked mm-hmm. on the side of the road. I was like, I'm ready. I'm here. And so I contacted the Planetary Society HQ. I said, I'm here. Can I be of service to you? I know you all are down there. How can I be a part of this event? 
The reason why it was so special to them was because LightSail was going to go on the next Falcon Heavy launch. Then, of course, it got pushed to the mm. third. But, but at the time, Bill Nye and some of the core team members were coming down to the Cape to watch this epic launch. And so I got approved to go, and I was Bill's driver, <laughs> essentially. So drove him to and from the airport. And- Let me tell you, only special <laughs> people get to drive Bill Nye to the airport. Elon Musk had to do it once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that story. He had to drive, me. yeah. Can so, you imagine? I, well, let's I not can't. I literally cannot imagine those two talking in a car for an hour. I 15 can, minutes. and I like it. I think it might have <laughs> been a lot like my car ride with Bill, which included he literally just played – swing music to me the whole time and explain to me why the was, swing song was his favorite. He was on <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great dancer. So anyway, I showed up and I didn't know what to expect. I was just kind of following the Planetary Society team around. And then all of a sudden I ended up on this super secretive floor and this that took me there from a super secretive elevator. <laughs> and blah. I end up in this room waiting There was no play-by-play. We had no idea what time the countdown was going to begin. But eventually we all walk out onto the balcony and we saw this rocket launch. While that was happening, I had rushed out there and grabbed onto the railing and then realized, oh my God, I am shoulder to shoulder between Bill Nye on my left and Buzz Aldrin on my right. And when I realized that, and then all of a sudden the first rocket launch and my the most powerful history. rocket launch any of us have ever witnessed. <laughs> From the balcony of the Falcon, or I'm sorry, the Saturn V Center. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I was in tears thinking about my life. Like, how did I get here? If I can get here, anybody can get here. And that was the shift for me. That's when I was like, I'm chasing rocket launches, first of all. Mm. Second of all, I want to make sure people know that anything is possible if they chase after it. Seeing those two boosters come down so gracefully and then the sonic boom just ripping through me afterwards, it was the most amazing experience of my life. So Amazing. So Joey, we're still in town, clearly. Mm-hmm. Joey, you, you planned to stay a week. I had planned to stay a couple extra days because mm-hmm. we were trying to catch Starlink 3. Yes. Yeah. And now we, I booked my ticket yesterday. And then five minutes later, they were like, yo, weather's looking suspect. And I was like, well, this ticket's not refundable. <laughs> and uh, I had just emailed our friend Jim at the Air Force to see if we can cover it. It all worked out. But of course, it got moved. So, and we just got confirmation a few minutes ago while we're taping this podcast that it's going to be on the 24th. There's going to be a lot and it's seemingly sneaking up on everybody. I I can't speak for everyone, but keeping track of the applications and everything have been a little hard. Well, yeah. And you mentioned astronomy. I think each launch is going to become, you know, news outlets aren't going to cover each launch saying, oh, look, SpaceX SpaceX launched more satellites Mm in space. It gets boring after a while, but each launch is kind of a reminder that they're doing this. They're intent on filling, this might sound bad, but they're intent on putting their Leo sats into space at yeah. a breakneck pace like this. Right. So you mentioned astronomy and the more they do that, you know, the more they're going to have angrier. to address the, right. The yeah. angrier the astronomy community could get without them actually addressing the streak issue, you know, mm-hmm. the overcrowding issue mm-hmm. and, and not just astronomy too. I mean, other organizations that are concerned about space junk, space track management, yeah. um, you know, the, they're launching at a fast pace. There's, there's going to be 240. They're already the top. They're the top satellite yeah, operator yeah. in the world. Now. Exactly. After Starlink two commercial commercial. Right. Right. Yeah. True. True. I think military might have a, an up. Right. That's who knows how much they have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going back to what Joey's saying is the more they do launch, the more people are going to be concerned. But at the same time, if these launches are being used to demonstrate better technology, like mm-hmm. better stealth technology, things like that. Hopefully there's a balance between people getting angry and people working with SpaceX mm-hmm. to well, make the launches. That's that's the good or news. Or the satellites less obstructive in the yeah. night sky. That's the good news is that they are actually pioneering new technology right. for space debris management mm-hmm. and they're pioneering new technology for the reflective issues. Like they're working with the AAS, right. if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, on directly with the astronomy community on a solution. Yes. So it's exciting to see that all you have to do is raise a concern, mm-hmm. get in touch, and they immediately began implementing mm-hmm. a potential fix. I don't know how that darkening 
test went during the last yeah. launch? Do you have think, any info? I don't think we'll know until maybe a few weeks from now. I mean, it launched mm-hmm. earlier this month. We forget really that that launch was just a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Right, right, yeah. Wow. So much has happened in between. Wow. And we're already at the third launch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the satellite that had the, the anti-reflective coating has been nicknamed DarkSat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think is what SpaceX is saying. We won't know how well it performs until a few months Yes, It has to actually... Get into its operational right, orbit, yeah. Right. Um, so, and if you we'll follow see. Jonathan McDowell at Harvard on Twitter, yes. he's always tweeting out the raising of the orbits, lowering of the orbits, what's going on with Starlink. Yeah. He tracks like every satellite. Wow, I don't know how he does it. he's crazy yeah. and amazing. But follow Jonathan McDowell from Harvard on Twitter. You can find out what's going on with Starlink. Mm-hmm. And if you follow the Starlink hashtag, people post photos and videos mm-hmm. of them capturing the streaks. Yeah, and I don't know. People get excited to yeah, see that yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I do see the concerns from the astronomy community, but there's the my opinion is that the conversation is very one-sided at this point. And it's too early to have this conversation. We need to see like what improvements are going to be made. What are these conversations like between the astronomy community and SpaceX? There's so many unknowns yeah. that the media is just like, we don't know what's real yeah. and what's not. Right. You know, well, you're dealing with space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even this in-flight abort test, mm-hmm. we thought we knew everything that was going to happen. And then at the press conference, we're all learning new stuff. Yes. So it's yes. like, and going back to Ryan and I five years ago, mm-hmm. to them even first attempting a landing on the drone ship. That was only five years ago. At this point, people thought the idea of this was not only impossible, but dangerous and stupid. Right. And that was yeah. the narrative. Yes. Because I remember trying to be a space reporter in my first year. Yeah. Just being completely left out of the community and just stigmatized for even talking about reusability. Mm-hmm. If you reported in reu- on reusability in a positive way four years ago, five years ago, you were not taken seriously as a mm-hmm. journalist. Mm-hmm. And I faced so much pushback against my career because of that. Mm-hmm. And then now today, when they don't launch a reusable rocket, it's a problem. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what happened there. And I, I'm not saying this is the case for Starlink, mm-hmm. but let's see how things play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that the, and I think Joey, were you the one that reported this during IAC, mm-hmm. the Air Force military Starlink? Mm-hmm. What yeah. was that? So yeah, I, I asked Gwen Shotwell, what is happening with with the air force collaboration Mm -hmm. general john raymond said a few months prior that he had visited um, one web factories and spacex's starlink factories Mm -hmm. i asked her why and she said we are testing starlink communications on air force planes so we're we're beaming that bandwidth and you have to work directly with the air force to do that yeah definitely so i and then i think a year prior to that they won a 20 something million dollar contract to do this testing Mm -hmm. and they're they're doing it ever since wait Um, spacex won this money spacex won this money yeah 26 million dollars about yeah that's 20 something million yeah Yeah. so that's like starlink development money it was technically their first yeah, 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 I think. Yeah, exactly. Which is not unusual. So mm-hmm. NASA and the Air Force are, they give SpaceX money for development on basically right, everything. Right. There are development <laughs> yeah. programs. Yeah, Falcon, yeah. Dragon, where, I mean, a lot of that was financed by mm-hmm. the taxpayer. Yeah. No offense to SpaceX, but right. that's how the business is done. Boeing, Lockheed, Northrop, every mm-hmm. single person that's come through yeah. contracting at NASA has taken significant money mm-hmm. for development and not only money, but guidance and insight. Yeah. And things like that. The so. reason it was so interesting with Starlink is because for so long it had been seen as this, you know, outlet for Musk's, you know, cash ambitions to mm-hmm. kind of raise money for for Starship, the other yeah. star. Right. But I'm getting so confused with the star yeah, Starlink, <laughs> Starliner, Starship. Oh, right. But yeah, to hear that the Air Force was working with SpaceX to test Starlink, it was um, right. it was interesting. You know, it was an, it opened up a new side of the whole game. You know, and you know what that means? The first contract. The first contract for Starlink could end up being the Air Force. And when you're doing anything, any kind of contracting or you provide a service and you have the opportunity to land a government contract Mm -hmm. or the Air Force or the military or NASA as a client, that is the most lucrative client you could ever have in your company's history. So for them, if Starlink is first customer is the military and the Air Force, then they're on the right track to using that money mm. to pay for Starship, which is, I think, what they've been... But I, I think when it comes online for the public, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a whole new level of mm-hmm. excitement. We're going to have all these people 
join the conversation. Exactly. What it's going to do to connect people mm -hmm. who have not been connected before. Right. Who have very few options or just yeah. too expensive. So I'm, I'm excited. People who live right here in Cape Canaveral. Get online. Yeah. People who live in Florida and Orlando, yeah. their cable is monopolized. Sure. It's unreliable. I am, my parents live 20 minutes from Disney World. And many journalists have stayed at my parents' house. <laughs> yeah. And we have all struggled with the internet there, mm -hmm. even though it's we pay money for it. It's mm -hmm. a supposedly advanced. Mm -hmm. It's all these companies that have commercials and are selling it to us. And then it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, how are we 15 minutes from Disney World, <laughs> 45 minutes from K Kennedy Space Center? The fastest growing city in the state. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't have proper internet to upload a video or do a prop. I did a tweet when I got to you guys' apartment, didn't I? Because <laughs> I couldn't did. do it in yeah, Orlando. He was, he was desperate. He was like, how's your internet? What yeah. is the password? And here's what I asked. When I came over to Mary Liz and Ryan's house, I didn't ask them for their Wi-Fi. I asked them if their internet is okay yeah. because that's it's first of all the yeah. United States 2020. I have to come to my friend's apartment yeah. and ask them first if their internet is working. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, just really quickly the the upside to Starlink then because we're on this right now. Mm -hmm. This means that global connectivity is going to be accessible to third. I mean, it's going to connect third world countries. Right. Developing nations. For the first time ever to the rest of us. And we have no idea what kind of economic impact that's going to have. Cultural impact on us. Like, what will we learn from them? These mm -hmm. people we've never 50 heard from before. 50% of the planet does not have internet. That's 51% has internet. 49% is completely without. Currently. Completely that's without. Yeah. And it allows us to just leapfrog yeah. the expensive investment for fiber and then all this kind of stuff that they can it make cuts it out right into um, like all this middlemen and infrastructure that's needed to have internet in your country mm. and you're just beaming it to a, a basically a receiver yeah you know forbes published an article the other day that was basically like some countries are going to ban this mm. and when they do that's mm. when you know it's going to make change yeah because countries are going to be like wait i don't want this person having their own internet right like that that's i can't block yeah you know so one Joey, I don't know if you want to give any insight on this. You, you've been tracking a lot of the revolutions over the last few years. Internet's the first thing to go in a revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we saw after the attacks, the Iranian attacks mm. on the, um, in Iraq, wasn't the U.S. State Department or, you know, it came out that they were censoring some social media companies right. from any content that was pro uh, pro so so mm -hmm. Soleimani, yeah, Soleimani, right? Yeah, I'm a space yeah. reporter. I'm yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was a concern. I mean, and you look at the Twitter revolution mm -hmm. during the Arab Spring. Internet played a huge role in advancing and mm -hmm. giving people voices. internet brings change, right? right? In multiple different ways, good mm -hmm. or bad. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. And uh, it's SpaceX, a huge deal. right? And SpaceX does have now sort of a I, I don't want to say like a, a case study. Because of the, this is a different situation, they're selling internet direct market to mm -hmm. people and, and other organizations. They're going to need help by other telecom companies, of course. Yeah, mm -hmm. but let's look at this their rocket launch business mm -hmm. as a proof that they can possibly help developing nations. Mm -hmm. You have a mission like Bagabandu, yeah, which was the first Block Five. We were all there this for booster was this booster launched. that launched IFA, yep, that blew up. Its first mission, it is the first Block 5 in history, yep. was to launch a Bangladesh's first geosatellite. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a country that is developing, suffering from its position you know, near the ocean, uh, having tsunamis and extreme weather. Mm -hmm. place, it's a place that needs communication yeah. and satellite communication. And this is what was part of them launching the satellite. They could afford it. They can afford it now. They could afford it. Yeah. And I mean, I know Ryan was there. I don't know if you were there next mm -hmm. to the Bangladeshi engineer. Yes, the tears that were yeah. Yeah. emotional. One of the most emotional right. experiences. Yeah. They were crying, and it was a very emotional experience. So Joey and I were in the press site, and I remember Joey like pinging me because the prime minister of Bangladesh was cut into the... Uh, they did their own live address uh, right. during wow. SpaceX's ESPN-style coverage. Yeah, yeah. and they wow. cut... SpaceX cut it into their feed, oh. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you, when you think about the Falcon 9 and the price it does enable 
countries that didn't have access to, you know, yeah. certain parts of orbit, whether it's higher than uh, Leo or, you know, mm-hmm. it costs money to get further. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these countries can't launch a sun-synchronous orbit satellite or something like that. Think about what will happen when you give millions of people internet access as yes. opposed to just one nation I know. access yeah. to space. That's you know? the thing. That's so it's like, it, it's an evolution, like right. Joey just said. Not only are they, they've go, they're going from empowering a nation that's de- developing mm-hmm. or a third world nation. I don't like using that word too much, but let's say developing. Uh-huh. And then now they want to provide that kind of connectivity to that nation's citizen or individual. Individual people and all over the world. Yeah. And that is, I don't know. I feel like that's an important thing that needed to be done that nobody was doing really. Mm-hmm. And SpaceX isn't the only person or company that's going to do this. One web Boeing <laughs> has announced something similar to this, like as part of their long-term strategy, Amazon, Bezos, yeah, conglomerate. Project Kuiper. Yeah. Yeah. And other companies are going to come up behind it. This is going to, it's not going to be a, you know, no, no one seems to be following SpaceX's reusability, except maybe like Rocket Lab is following their path and ULA is building Vulcan and yeah. Blue Origin is building New Glenn. Mm-hmm. They're coming up behind SpaceX and reusability. People will come behind SpaceX in satellite because SpaceX isn't going to be able to empower 50%, 51% of the world or 49%. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, they're going to have like a 10% market share or 5% market mm-hmm. share. But you're talking about billions, trillions of dollars. So, but also, if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that you were they're going to allow some piggybacking on mm-hmm. the Starlink launches. So right. this could also give those developing countries mm-hmm. or perhaps researchers, people that don't have a lot of money, right. to get a payload up to orbit. And that's another thing, a whole other component here. So Falcon Heavy STP two, mm-hmm. which we were all at. That was like 25 payloads or something, <laughs> yeah. all different. It was like everyone was on there. It was like a funeral company on there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, you, Celestis. You covered that. Yeah, we, we did cover that in, in Supercluster. Light Sail was on there. Light Sail was on there. <laughs> was like so there was every kitchen sink was on there. Like it was crazy. So it's like now since that launch, SpaceX has launched a small – not I don't want to say small, but it's more like a ride share business. Mm-hmm for Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy that'll have like excess space to launch smaller payloads that are affordable. Mm-hmm. It just it's funny that we brought up like STP2 in the middle of all that cuz that just shows how cheap these missions can be cuz like like I said every Tom Dick and Harry was on that mission. Yeah. You know what I mean? So cool. community colleges and stuff like that, which is amazing and I think that's the you know the point here, but also we need to start looking at this cadence as well. Mm-hmm. And of these rocket launches and how is society going to adjust to all of this? You know, there, nobody's ready. Yeah, nobody has any idea how rapidly this is happening. Mm-hmm. And to get back to IFA, the in-flight abort test—that was the last test mm-hmm. before humans launch on the next very next commercial crew mission. Dragon yeah. mission. Yeah. And you know, we've got a Boeing Starliner coming online as well, and Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin working toward mm-hmm. this. I don't think people truly understand we, the rapid pace yeah, of I mean, human spaceflight happening. Right. right we now. don't we don't know how it's gonna transform the area. So yeah. but Joey, give us a take, a final take here. You've seen Orlando and like you see you were at UCF when it I feel like UCF is now becoming like a space like Back no, to how it yeah, started. yeah, like a space. Is that how it started? Yeah, it started. Yeah, as, as a, like a space. I, I can't remember the name, but mm-hmm. it was built off of I did the not know local that. economy of the shuttle. And the, now, with you know, UCF is like forty minutes from Cape. It's it's mm-hmm. a, you know it, mm-hmm. it's a Cape adjacent school. Mm-hmm. I noticed a lot more UCF students going into the space industry. Even people who didn't study space, like you, are now like working in the space industry simply well because important. of the proximity, yeah. right? But do you see Orlando? Like I, we always talk about Cape and we did reporting on like, Joey did a photo essay for Supercluster about the Renaissance at Cape Canaveral. And there was such an international yeah. vibe and stuff, but give us a take on Orlando. Cause a lot of our listeners do live in Orlando or around Orlando. We all socialize there sometimes. Yeah. Do you yeah. see Orlando becoming a space city or like a, I don't know if it's, a, if it'll be a space city. Mm-hmm. I think Orlando is growing on its own for a bunch of other reasons. Right. It's becoming Cultural. a huge tech conscious right. city. Mm-hmm. It's the fastest growing city as I mentioned before mm-hmm. in the state. 
and the um, he's a one of the and then <laughs> the Orlando International Airport is now the busiest don't remind airport. Me. In the state. Don't remind right, me. Right? Yeah. Sorry. Flying we're out tomorrow. We're all going to be like, yeah. I ran into Joey at the airport. Yeah. Oh <laughs> but I, I think I think it's it's good that you mentioned UCF because a lot of Orlando's growth is predicated on the biggest university in the country. In the which, country, which is UCF. Yes. Yeah. And a big portion of UCF. A growing portion of UCF mm. is its space, aerospace engineering. And the program. most like, I mean, yeah. I, I want to say like when you read about UCF now, a lot of it is about the notable space people who work there. Yeah. And the yeah. breakthroughs it, are it making. It does put it on the map in a big, in a big mm. way. And mm. UCF just opened up a 20, can't remember how much it costs, but it was this <laughs> massive addition that they have, you know, they have a huge presence in downtown Orlando now. Right. So that is important. Right. I think once, you know, things really start growing in Cape Canaveral here, which they kind it'll of be are, like a it'll spread. Yeah, yeah, I think we might one day see a high-speed rail between Orlando We were just Cape talking Canaveral, about this! Which I think is extremely important yes. for that growth to I expand thought we were going to be... I know, yeah. I was just going to... Yeah, we were going to promote that. That's one of yeah. the keys. To we get, need to, a monorail! To, be, to bridge, to have a monorail. bridge between these two. Monorail. Monorail. So, monorail. so I think Orlando things like that are going to start we need a monorail. I feel like I read recently a proposal that was similar to that. I mean, high-speed yeah. rail is being proposed everywhere. And right. Light rail between this different is cities. Yeah, but. This is something like Space Florida should do. If you are if you work at Space Florida, hey, please listen. do something about this transportation. We need something that goes from Orlando to Kennedy. Well, here's the thing. The reason it's so important in my brain is that all the tourism goes to Orlando. And those people always say like, oh, I'd love to go to Kennedy Space Center, but it's kind of a ways away. We're already going to Universal, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. If there was a monorail high speed situation Mm -hmm. that took people directly to and from, Mm -hmm. it would really increase Kennedy Space Center's visitor complex influx of tourism. And I think that's really important because it's the most beautiful, wonderful place on the planet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Changed my life. That's why I'm here right now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and Disney's cruise line. I mean, they have they're like, right buses. here. Yeah, they have buses that take you know tourists from Disney and Orlando, Come Kissimmee on. area. We always see them driving the over, over here. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, you do have those corporate interests for having a high speed rail, not mm-hmm. just having the you know if a student wants to come over here. Exactly. Uh, but a challenge to that though, I think, is having more micro scale transportation in this area. Once you get here, yeah, there's you here. you have you know the high speed rail that takes you across the marshy wetlands. Yeah. You know that's between Orlando and here. But what happens once you yeah. get here? You take an Uber. Yeah, yeah you have to kind of. That's the that problem with public transportation in Florida. I've yeah. seen it evolve. They've uh, built train stations around, you know, where my parents live in Kissimmee and Orlando. The problem with that is you still need micro transportation. Yeah. Like you can get to a train station and and no matter where you are in Florida, you're 15 minutes from something. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I need to get coffee, 15 minutes. If Mm -hmm. I need to get, you know, go to the post office, it's like everything is far away is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So public transportation here is not sustainable yet. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Of course. So, and- just to and Mary Liz, we need to figure out how to get a, a rail built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Somebody build a rail. To do list. Who wants to help <laughs> so with that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, really, I think that there's so much that needs to happen here to support mm. all of the engineers that are moving here, all of the tourism that's going to come here once humans are launching from these launch pads again. We need to redefine also space tourism because space mm-hmm. tourism is being attached to just launching people to space. Yeah. No, we need to talk about space tourism here at Cape and Orlando. Absolutely. You know, we need to do more stuff like that. I so, agree. Or at least talk about how to support a community growing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like bring up San Francisco, but when you, they had a tech boom, mm-hmm. people suffered yeah. um, greatly. It's the highest rent in the universe. <laughs> so, yeah. And to end this show on a positive note, I snuck away on the day, the day it was delayed, Saturday. I flight aboard test was originally scheduled for Saturday. Was it the 18th? Yeah, I can't I remember. That's right. Yeah. Two reporters that I know went to Hollywood Studios to do the Star Wars land. Oh. Me, <laughs> I went to Harry Potter. What is it called? Oh, the Wizarding you, World. Universal? Of Harry Potter. Yes. It's so good. So it's just so Disney, good. Disney, the Disney operative re- listening to this podcast because they have to constantly spy on me, mm-hmm. is feeling betrayed. Oh. I did want to go to Disney, but I'm planning for that in the next trip. I went to... The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I went with Lauren Grush from The Virgin. We had a great time. Did you get a wand? Uh, I got a wand as a gift from somebody nice. who went there before, so I didn't buy another one. <laughs> but uh, we, it, it was just one non-space day that I it was my first in like a year. Wow. And, it was re- and we're not ready for space travel, by the way, because the roller coasters in me, still not. Oh, buddy. Need more training. Got to get you ready. Yeah. 
I will jump out of an airplane with uh, I'll, I'll jump out of an airplane with Mary Liz. Will you? So, yeah, yeah. Let's I go. Got you to. get a great view of Kennedy Space Center. You can see the VAB once they hit the shoe. Oh, it's okay. the most magical thing can in the you, world. Can people jump with a camera? Have, has that been? Is they, it dangerous? They jump. Oh, with a GoPro. So you're, you'll jump tandem yeah. uh-huh. at Skydive Sebastian. Right. And they'll you'll be attached to someone who has a GoPro on their head. So don't even worry about it. They got you covered. And jumping during a launch is a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They jump during launches, eclipses. They've got you covered. Yeah. They jump during a launch. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Oh yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, Joey, what's your next time seeing Elon? I heard he's going to be at like Sat Show in DC. I yeah, yeah yeah. That's at the end of February. Do you think that'll be like about, that'll be about Starlink, right? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Imagine of course. they book him to talk about Starlink. He just talks about Starship the whole time. Yeah. I mean, that's well, about to happen. He might talk about Starship yeah. because that might you know that'll. Carry yeah. satellites right. to an extent, I guess. I think before that conference, though, he's speaking at an Air Force Association right. event. That's right. In Orlando. In Orlando. Actually, so. Ah. Oh, so think, you think he'll... Yeah. I think that's next month. Yeah. I can't remember the date. Both are happening next month. Mm. Sat show is going to be at the end of next month, so... Awesome. Yeah. Uh, how do people find your reporting? Oh, good question. You can go to my Twitter. It's Joe, J-O Roulette at... <laughs> Or that's my email, but yeah, that's my Twitter, Twitter handle works. is J O R O U L E T T E. Yeah, you're gonna get so yeah. many emails. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary Liz Ryan, you guys are covering Starlink three on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And and that's when people can see you guys doing your thing next, right? Yeah, that's right. Want to just shout out where people can find your stuff real quick? Yeah, cosmicperspective.com, mm-hmm. easiest place to go, and all the social media platforms were consider the cosmos. And uh, yeah, cosmic perspective on YouTube. Oh, that's right. All our, all our videos, launch videos. Right. Um, that's the yeah. best place to go. We're going to yeah. be uh, releasing that IFA gorgeous yeah, really, telescopic really tracking. I know. Footage. So, um, you guys partnered with Everyday Astronaut that's to right. get some yeah. insane stuff. And so it, I've already seen some of it. It's, uh, so it's amazing. So, that was so fun. Tune, uh, tune in to all that coverage uh, from these folks on Friday. And we'll be back with you next week with Chris. Gebhart, Yay. our favorite space reporter who knows all the stuff that Everybody's we don't. Everybody's favorite yeah. data person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has more data than NASA somehow. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. all right. Thank you, everyone. 